What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, today is going to be an interesting uh, kind of discussion. We got some news yesterday uh, from a couple different things. I am not going to dwell too much on the bowl bowl voided trade thing. Um, that was something that I think Bowl is such a minor character in the Nuggets puzzle that I don't think it deserves it. And I'll, but I'll devote some of the time in the first half to it. Um, in the second half, I'm going to get to uh, the news about Mike, Michael Porter Jr., and stuff like that. But I guess we should address the Bowl Bowl thing. Um, the Nuggets got a second round pick and Rodney Magruder in exchange for Bowl Bowl. I think the trade was uh, first announced and went through Monday, uh, Sunday or Monday. And for all, all the people concerned, at least on the nugget side, it was a done deal. And, uh, Magruder had already practiced and, uh, done shoot around with the nuggets. And suddenly it was voided according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, None of us are 100% sure what was found in the examination of Bull Bull by the Pistons. Um, as he did an examination with the Nuggets, and the Nuggets found him all clear um, before he was traded. And, uh, in fact, he had played, I think, the day before, maybe two days before the trade was consummated. Um, and it came as, uh, without a doubt, I'm not speaking out of school here when I say it came as a big shock to people around the Nuggets that this happened. Um, there is nothing for sure uh, coming out of Detroit about what it was that they found. Um if I mean, Detroit is notorious. This has happened three times in Detroit history, where they have voided a trade based on uh, injury. So it happened with Sean Elliott, and very famously with Sean Elliott in 1994. Um, that is one of the most famous voided traded trades in NBA history. Um, and it happened again with Donatus Monteunis, who from the Rockets to the uh, to the Pistons in 2016. Um, three times in their history now they have voided a trade. Now, um, let's be honest here: Bull Bull is not a big piece. It was, it was you know he only makes I think a million and a half uh, for this year, and then he's a restricted free agent next year. Um, so this wasn't a big risk to the Pistons. But for some reason, they voided the trade based on what they deemed was a failed physical. Um, and at this point, no one uh, that I can have spoken to is 100% sure. It could have something to do with the foot. Um, could be something else. It could be Detroit being sketchy. We don't know. Um, I I have... One of the things I said when I'm starting off the podcast is that I, I don't like devoting this much brain power to anything Bull Bull related because his, he's made zero impact um, on this Nuggets team. And it's like debating the guy at the end of the bench. It's like Thomas Welch, you know, being traded and uh, the tra having the trade voided, that sort of thing. Um, 
that's about as much as Bowl has played and um, has made an impact on the Nuggets roster. It's not big. In fact, you could argue, argue Welch did that one year. Um, so I don't know what to tell people. It is bizarre. I have covered the Nuggets for, well, since 2009. So this is my, going on my 13th year covering this team. And I had no idea. This was one of the weirdest things that came out of nowhere. For a player that really doesn't deserve the amount of attention that he gets. But there is a, there just, there is a league-wide fascination with Bull Bull. There is. But um, I, I can't see, I mean, I don't know what the Nuggets are going to do with him. I honestly don't. Their intent was to not have him on the roster anymore. He is a restricted free agent next year. I don't know what uh, they are going to do. Uh, I don't know if they're going to try to slot him back into It's going to be awkward. This is a weird situation. Um, look, and I, I've seen a lot, and I do mean a lot in my time covering this team, and I don't think that I have seen anything quite this strange. Because if you talk to people around uh, the situation, they'll tell you Bull Bull was cleared. And this came out of completely out of left field, and it is not unknown for Detroit to do this sort of thing. But the weird thing about this is this isn't even like uh, on the level of a Donatus Montayunas trade. Um, this is Montayunas was making a lot more money than Bol Bol. Bol Bol got a, a was the Nuggets got Rodney Magruder and um, uh, a second round pick in return. Uh, and Magruder, I don't even know if he was going to be a integral piece within the Nuggets. Um, and the Nuggets were trading a guy who never played. So I, 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 I hate debating trades like this, but it's so weird. It is bizarre. And I don't think anyone who covers this team has any real idea of what happened. Um, it, is, it is a strange situation that popped up out of nowhere. And I think one of the, one of the I don't know, one of the issues with this trade is largely that it's just bringing back someone you clearly didn't want on your, on your team anymore back. Um, same thing with Detroit, although uh, Dwayne Casey was over the moon that Magruder was coming back and that I think, you know, I'm just not to put out conspiracy theories, but, uh, I think that spoke volumes about certain things. And I don't think the Nuggets are personally very happy with having to have this trade rescinded. It is weird. It's going to be an awkward situation. I don't know what the Nuggets are going to do. Um, this will be this will be interesting to see. I guess on the peripheral sense, what the Nuggets do with Bowl. Um, I don't. I don't have any good idea about this. This this was, came out of left field, um, and we're going to have to really sit down. Uh, the Nuggets are have to really sit down with Bowl and and just decide what he's if he's ever gonna if he's going to be on the team, you know, whether it's better if they just cut him. I mean, there's there's nothing, there's no real good option here for Bowl as far as the Nuggets go, and um, the Nuggets had made some decisions around Bowl not being here. Uh, it's it's just slightly messy in an annoying way. <laughs> 
I guess is the way you'd put it. So, um, but enough of that. Uh, I, like I said, it doesn't really deserve the brain power devoted to this sort of thing. Um, and on the second half of the podcast, I'm going to talk to you about something a lot more consequential than Bull Bull. But first, I want to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. Um, now's a good time to pick up the, I think they have some bottles left of the, uh, of the, uh, um, uh, the Red Zin that is, uh, uh, finished in whiskey barrels, um. I've, like I said, I, I had fortunate, fortunate enough to try this prior to the holidays, and it was quite good. Uh, as I always say, keep in mind, these are uh, finished in whiskey barrels, so the alcohol content in these uh, Red Zin bottles is a lot more than they are in uh, your regular wines. So uh, I think your most wines around the f- you know 12 to 15% alcohol. Um, this is significantly more, so don't power slug it. But they also got that 2017 Cabernet. They've got that uh, Blake Street Blend. They've got some, some Malbecs, some, you know, Pinot. Basically everything you want in, a, in red wine. But they also got white wines. And then they got um, uh, rosés. It just really is the perfect situation for you to go get yourself a bottle. If you, if you don't want to go down to the dairy block, you can order a bottle at bfwdenver.com where, where they are always online. You can also book yourself a virtual wine tasting there, which are very, very popular. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. In the grand scheme of things, the news that came down uh, about... Uh, Michael Porter Jr. potentially being uh, having the ability to play this year is um, came as a shock to some people. Um, and if you've been listening to the Mortcast, and by the way, Mike Singer had that. Um, he, Mike Singer was the one who broke that story. Um, but if you've been listening to the Mortcast for the last, oh, I don't know, two months, um, you'll know that. Um, the the procedure that Mike had um, is not something that was reconstructive in nature, right? Mike's surgery, or procedure, I guess is the better way to put it, um, was simply to relieve pressure on the on the disc. It wasn't to alter his spine. Um, and I think it's very easy to uh, leap to conclusions when you hear back surgery because back surgery is always serious. I, I've pointed this out. You know, you look at, you hear something like back surgery, and you're like, "Oh my God!" And this is Mike's third one. But the difference in between this and the other surgeries is this was specifically, and I do mean specifically, to relieve pain. That's it. This was not to alter the, the, the curvature nor the structure of his spine. Sometimes, um, you know, like I said, my mom had disc surgery. These, these disc surgeries uh, tend to require follow-up procedures because pressure comes back on the disc and it causes pain. And it 
it's it's something that happens and look look my mom is not an athlete so obviously she doesn't go through the rigors that michael porter jr does uh of it um your hope is that the pain remains uh away long enough to get you through a, a thing um from what i understand the disc well let me just get into this first the the discourse around michael porter jr has always been terrible um I wish it was better. I wish that I wish that Mike's the discourse around Mike, which is some of it is his fault. Let's be one hundred percent clear here through various stances he has taken and things he said. Um, but I wish the discourse was better because I think um, from the start of this year, uh, he it has been, and I will aside from the vaccination stuff, the discourse around him going from when he was playing to when he got his uh, surgery has been terrible. There's been misperceptions. There has been uh, conclusions drawn that are not based in what the actual reporting has been. Um, if you listen to me, if you listen to Mike Singer, if you listen to any of the people who've reported on Mike, Michael Porter Jr.'s surgery, and procedure done, they will tell you this was done to relieve pain, and people forgot that. So it's hard to translate this kind of operation, quote-unquote, to people who are th- here see the word back and freak out. Now, move that aside. What I'm looking forward to is this. Um, Mike may or may not come back. That is not set in stone. Um, I, I have opinions about if they should or not, uh, I think Mike, if you asked him today, would love to come back like now. But the Nuggets are being prudent as far as this goes because, well, first of all, he hasn't played since Game 9, and he left during Game 9. Um, one of my issues coming into this year, maybe the biggest issue, was that um, Various elements within the playing structure of the Nuggets were aware that he uh, hurt himself in the last game of the preseason. And um, let's face it, the, um, no interference was run. Uh, and any, no, nothing, that, nothing was done to, to allay the public perception that he was just fucking up. It's clear that Mike, in hindsight, was not feeling good, uh, his back was hurting, and it affected his shot. And the narrative that he was just not stepping up to the moment was something that was allowed to fester, and that was, I think, really a disservice to Michael Porter Jr. I think that if we're going to look at this, we're going to have to say that Mike, whether he wanted the news out there or not, it was incumbent upon the Nuggets, particularly the coaching staff, to make it clear that this guy is playing hurt. And if if we are honest, he also hurt himself in the playoffs last year. And particularly that second round series, I believe it was game one against the, the, the Blazers, that Mike hurt himself. And clearly affected his play for the rest of the series. So... This is a self-perpetuating thing, right? And now some of it has to do probably with Mike and his feelings about, you know, being out there and not making excuses. 
But the other side of it is that Mike took a ton of slings and arrows from the press. I, I say the press. No one says that anymore. But the media. Um, he took a ton. All the while, it had been very clear he had been hurt since the last game of the preseason. And that's just it's sticking under my craw. Because it's, it's not something that is fair to Mike. And I think we as the media, we should, should have done a better job of, of investigating this and all of that stuff. Now, all that being said, Mike doing this procedure in the long run benefits him. It benefits him to a big extent. Um, this may buy him a couple more years of pain-free uh, time. And uh, I think... That is what we need to look at more than anything. But as far as him coming back this year, I think it's largely going to depend on the Nuggets contending status. And if Jamal comes back, I think all those things are tied together. Um, I, I can't say for sure. But I do think that whether it be prudent or not, obviously rushing Mike back is not the issue here. Um, I'm much more, I've said this before, I'm much more confident in Mike's ability to uh, come back than I am actually of Jamal's, uh, initially because Jamal is dealing with knees and knees often result in rebound injuries, uh, from overcompensation. And, uh, it's just, it take it's a process. It's your legs. It's your most used part of your body. Uh, particularly if you're a basketball player used and abused and, um, it's just going to be a process, and I think people need to understand that with Jamal. Um, I'm actually more confident with Mike because we know what Mike does. Mike doesn't have to do what Jamal does. Mike is very elite at very a couple things that don't require him to be uh, basically worn the same way as Jamal. And it's going to take a while for Jamal to really round back into where he was. So that's something to keep in mind coming forward, but I'm, I'm very confident in, in Mike's ability to just kind of just step in and keep shooting. So anyway, all right, well, now that we've talked about that, I, I just want to make sure, make clear that I, I just don't, the discourse, the discourse around Mike this year, Michael Porter Jr. has been awful. And I think we in the media owe him an apology for the way he was treated, me included, prior to him going out for that surgery. Uh, I don't think that was our best moment. Uh, obviously, we didn't have the information, but um, I don't. I don't like the way we approach that. Um, you know, and the only thing you can control is yourself. So, anyway, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSC Network. I will be back with soon with another episode. Goodbye.